you you're here. Maybe, is there anybody outside on the deck this morning? We have some outdoor seating this morning. Welcome. My name is John Arelli. I'm the senior pastor here, and it's a great honor to welcome you this morning. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. What a great, yeah, we can clap. It's a great day. And we're having a really fun day today with uh, getting to use some, some more space Ever this morning because it's Easter, the museum's closed. So uh, we're just having a blast yeah. this morning. I want to begin with prayer this morning, just inviting the Holy Spirit to have his way. That God, you rule and reign here. You are Lord of all, and we worship you today. You're everything. And so he said, come, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. Have your way in us. We love you, Jesus. Well, help us focus in on today uh, for Easter. We also have a video to just help summarize it all. What is this whole day about? And then after that video, we're going to have a great time of worship. This band is ready to help lead us in worship this morning. There'll be a time of communion for those of you who want to participate. Uh, there'll be instructions for that to participate in the Eucharist, the bread and the wine, to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus in that way. And then I'll come up and give a message about Easter that uh, will speak to the tragedy and triumph that Jesus has done. And after everything, we have a time of ministry prayer teams that will be available to you to pray for every need that you might have and that you bring with you this morning. Can we begin? Yes. Let's begin. Let's play this video. about how free we are in Christ, that he set us free. He is the highest king. 
who am I that the highest king would welcome me? Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free? Who the sun sets free? In my father's house. In the darkness we were waiting, without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the 
your wounds. into the juice um, and then exit out the side and there's also one outside as well um, and if there's also um, the little communion cups if you don't feel comfortable dipping the juice and the cracker so trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, on your own understanding this verse came to mind as I was reflecting this week on Easter it's exactly what the disciples had to do over 2,000 years ago. They couldn't comprehend that the Jesus they loved and followed was going to be arrested, beaten, and put to death on a cross. Their human understanding was limited. They didn't know the full story. Sometimes our own life can feel like that, where the weight of the world feels like it's crushing us, and we don't understand what's going on. But there's hope. There's victory in Jesus. He has died for us, and he took the weight of our sin so that we can be forgiven and live in paradise with him forever. Some of you might feel that it's too late for you. You've done too many things or said too many bad things in your life, and Jesus would never accept you. But let me remind you of the criminals that were hanging next to Jesus on the cross. One continued to mock Jesus, but the other said, don't you fear God? even when you've been sentenced to die. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This man had done many wrong things in his life, and he was dying a criminal's death. But Jesus saw his heart, and he said to him, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he broke bread. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. He said, "This is my body or my blood poured out for you. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me." As we take communion today, let us remember the sacrifice Jesus made for us. Let us trust in His plan, and let us celebrate our resurrected King. Let's take communion together.
rushing over me. Fount of heaven, love of Christ, overflowing me. Thank you, Jesus. You set me and his blood. We had a meal that he's given to us. It begins a new covenant with us. It allows for us to have a new start, but it also fills us. It gives us a new, a whole new body, a whole new freshness. The church celebrates this day and has for um, like 400 years or so. By echoing the statement that Carol had said before, and I want to say it for us again, I'm going to say he is risen, and that's going to declare something that is just outlandish. It's that Jesus was alive, a human being, and then he died, and now he's risen from the dead. That's crazy talk. But it's part of what the church celebrates today. It's, in fact, it's everything. And so when we say it out loud like we do, it's announcing something that's absolutely true and absolutely life-changing. So I'm going to say, he is risen, and I would love for you to echo back, he is risen indeed. Can you do that? He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. That's the truth of this day. That's the truth that we enter into on Easter. I want to invite us to pray simple prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. It begins with the words, Our Father. For those of you who know, you can say it with me or it's up on the screen in Spanish and in English. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This is our prayer this morning, Jesus, that your victory, your triumph, your kingdom established among us would be the thing we celebrate. We celebrate you this morning. Today will be all about going from tragedy to triumph, going from the cross to the resurrection. And so before we begin, I just want to leave a moment for you. Our mission here is to welcome Jesus into all of life. So can we just welcome every single bit of tragedy that we might be dealing with? We just wait on you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for being here. We thank you for reaching us. Come. Come, and just in the silence, just bring everything to him. Welcome Jesus into all of it. And as we do, Lord, we, we, just, we live in anticipation to your triumph in all of these things. Your triumph, not ours. Your triumph. Come, Holy Spirit. Another part of the way that we celebrate church on Sundays is entering into a time of prayer that we will at the end with words, people that prayed ahead of time for you, anticipating you might come and just asking God, God, who would you have us pray for this morning? And so we have a whole list of things, uh, someone who needs provision, shoes, possibly, if you're afraid to do what God's telling you to come for prayer, someone who's discouraged and wants to give up, someone with a hernia. So so God may be calling your number this morning. That may be happening. At the end of the service, we would love for you to just, just say yes to what Jesus is saying in his invitation. Now, this may not be your number. You go, okay, I don't have to go for prayer. But I would anticipate that there's something that God can do for you today. So we're going to go just, and Larissa is going to come up. He's going to tell you about some things that are going in the church. But then as I give a message this morning, would you anticipate that God might want to be turning some of your tragedies into his triumph this morning. Larissa, would you come and just tell us what's going on in the church? Um, good morning. I'm Larissa. Welcome. We're uh, very excited that you're here this morning um, on this beautiful Easter morning. Um, first of all, if you are brand new, um, you uh, are welcome to come take a welcome bag. There's a whole bunch still out on the welcome table. And on first day of the week, the Sabbath was over. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had come to look at the tomb when suddenly there was a great earthquake, another one. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven. He came to the stone that was covering the tomb, and he rolled it away. He must have been doing his exercises beforehand. And then he sat down on top of it. Looking at him was like looking at lightning, and his clothes were white like snow. The guards trembled with terror at him and became like corpses themselves. Can we dig into the story just a little bit? Because I don't know if this has ever happened to you, so it's hard to imagine. 
First of all, angels are not little babies with little wings. They're not like that. They are like terror-sized, eyes on their wings, crazy, big, amazing things. Every time they show up, they have to tell the people, don't be afraid. Because they're scary looking. They're not cute. So there's literally an earthquake. Jesus' friends, in the other books we see, they're coming to take care of the body. It's been a couple of days. He's been wrapped in linen. There's some, like, some garments that are specific for burial. And they're coming to take care of his body. And then there is an earthquake. Has anybody out here been in an earthquake before? I mean, earthquake. This is not, what's that sound? Must be like thunder. No, earthquake is like everything is moving and you don't, the earth, the earth moving. The thing that's supposed to be solid, everything's shaking. And then this scary, huge being comes down pushes a huge stone away, opening up the tomb that was sealed. And then instead of standing in front of it with a sword blazing, he just sits on it. As we were, I was preparing for Easter, I was asking Jesus, Jesus, what do you want to say? Or Heavenly Father, what do you want to say? And there was something of like pride that I think that God wanted to say. This was like He's really proud of what he did. God's real, like, he's, he really likes what he did here, and he did it intentionally. So as we see an angel come down powerfully, roll away a stone, and then just sit on it, I think God's being kind of fun. I could just see the angel's legs kind of... <laughs> In order for Jesus to leave the tomb, the stone didn't have to be rolled away. In other scriptures, there's all kind of details that Jesus can go through whatever walls he wants at this point. The body that God has given him is a resurrection body. It's one that's like going to become of the new creation where you can eat fish and hang out with friends, but you also get to go through walls. And I can't wait for that. It's going to be so fun. Rolling away the stone with the angel is just like God showing off. Because he's so proud of what's happening. He has entered in with a kind of power that's created a whole kind of new creation. Animals were made. Bugs were made. Cockroaches even. I don't like them. Humans at some point, right? A whole beautiful diversity. And then he makes a new creation. Jesus gets the redeemed body. That the scriptures say is a down payment for us. And so, of course, this angel that's just like kidding around on the stone, yet his eyes are blazing like lightning, clothes white like snow. Of course, the Roman soldiers, but which, by the way, have been assigned to this tomb so there could be no funny business, are so freaked out that they about faint or evacuate. So then the angel, of course, has to say to the women, don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. 
he isn't here. The angel's got to be so, I mean, if he was sent with this message, you could imagine how proud he is too. Like, angels get to see the best stuff. But God's done something amazing. Oh, you guys, look what God did. He won. He beat death. All of it. You know that thing you're afraid of that you have to strive to evade and not talk about because we're too uncomfortable? God beat it. If you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, he isn't here. He has been raised as he said he would. In fact, as the whole of Scripture said he would. Come and see the place where he was lying. Again, get, here. look at this angel here. Hey, check it out. You guys, come closer. No, look in the tomb. He's not there. And the other scriptures tells us, it's not like somebody stole his body. In fact, if you keep reading, the soldiers are so freaked out, they go to the governor, and the religious leaders find out about it, and they bribe the soldiers to lie about the situation. All right, you guys, here's a bunch of money. Here's the lie we need you to tell. That somewhere in the middle of the night, y'all got beat. And the body was stolen. Here's enough money that you'll carry that lie. Except, if anybody was really going to steal that body, they would have taken the burial clothes too. The only thing of worth. And you know what? When you're stealing a body, you don't take extra time to take the linen off the body. You just go. But there they were. And the angel's so proud. He's so excited. I would love to be God's messenger at this moment, wouldn't you? Oh, man, there's something good. Guys, come see. Look what God did. Look in the tomb. He's been raised. Come and see the place where he was lying. And then go at once. Go tell the disciples that he's been raised from the dead and that he's going ahead of you to meet in Galilee. That's where you'll see him. And then, the word here in the Greek is like, behold, I've told you. Like, he's so proud, but I love this translation. There, I told you. Like, I did it. Angel's so proud. Did it, I told you. See what God did? It was awesome. The women, the women scurried off quickly away from the tomb in a mixture of terror and great delight and went to tell his disciples. Suddenly, there was Jesus himself. He met them and said, greetings. In other scriptures, there are four gospels, by the way, and each one of them has like a different lens on the situation. And so if you read the others, and I encourage you to do that, you'll find out that the way that Jesus got in wasn't through the door. You know why? The disciples were so scared, they locked the doors. The religious leaders were on the attack. They were ready to clear out Jesus from the record book. And so they locked the door. But there was Jesus suddenly there was Jesus himself. He met them and said, greetings. Hey, guys. He was just on the cross. He was supposed to be in the tomb. But there he was. Hey. He met them. They came up to him, thinking they had seen a ghost. They took hold of his feet, prostrating themselves in front of him. Don't be afraid said Jesus to them, go and tell my brothers 
that I'm going off to Galilee. Tell them they'll see me there. And then he goes through the wall and everything. Can you imagine how hard this was for the disciples? He was dead. I know just a little bit about how hard it is because I fail in the same way. You know how easy it is for me to get stuck in my own tragedy? And completely forget that Jesus is risen from the dead. You know how easy it is for me to think, they did this against me. Or, I'm stuck, there's no way out. Or, oh, regret, I wish I could do that better. Back to the car analogy. For some of you, you'll like this. For some of you, you'll think, this is not the church for me, this guy. (laughs) The ones that were laughing, they're not coming back. It's as if each one has a car to drive. And we're doing our best. But since the beginning of creation, when we rebelled against God, our cars have not been fit for racing. In fact, we got our cars and we said, Woohoo! This is great. God's fueling us up. He's powering us. We're ready to go. He's given us a great path to go. And then Satan comes and said, Yeah, but don't you want to go mudding? Well, well, God said if we go mudding, then our car is going to get totally ruined. Did he really say that? Take your F1 car and go running. Go, go mudding. And we did. And it completely ruined the car. And so most of us are engaging this life kind of messed up. Some of us have just been waiting for this life to end. And our bodies are just, they're not working right. Some of us... We get so overwhelmed, we just think, well, maybe if I could just take the road before. And we forget that our fuel is contaminated because we're not getting filled by the Holy Spirit. We're getting filled by whatever accomplishments we can have. Our car has been messed up because this world is full of sin and death. And no matter what road we take, it's just going to end anyway. The car is eventually just going to break down, isn't it? Following... Jesus takes faith. It takes faith that he can renew us, that the fuel that he has for us is actually clean and good and made for us, that the road that he has for us is actually made for us to ride on, and that the road never ends. This is the story of Easter, that Jesus has risen from the dead. He inaugurated this beautiful new body and then promises that we would have eternal life. I I know, it's still hard. In fact, you may come from a different faith background right now, or you may just come from no faith background at all. And so some of what you're experiencing here is going, well, I I just, this is a nice fable, but. Unfortunately, actual historic books that are not the Bible can tell you all the details about how real this story is. This is historically proven. Even Jesus testifying to 500 people, this is absolutely real. So you can't call it a fable. You can call it stupid, but you can't call it a fable. This is absolutely real. But nevertheless, there could be a cynical realism that's caused you to feel like, you know, all I can do is focus on today, and I'm just going to get what I can get, and I don't really care who I crash into along the way. Okay. Some of you, in fact, 25% of all population believes in reincarnation. Even 25% of Christians believe in reincarnation. This painful lie 
that is literally like religious victim blaming. What you did is causing your suffering. You may have done it before you even knew yourself, but you keep on suffering and it's your fault. And unless you do better in this life, you're going to keep on suffering or it's going to get worse. Some of us are coming to this moment thinking, I'm just looking to die and then my body will just turn into energy and maybe one day I'll be like the paint that's chipping off of a car. Who knows, but I'll accept it. That's physics. Jesus has so much more for you. The story of Easter is that Jesus has come in to us, lived a full life, and lived it on the right road with the right fuel at the right time for God's glory, and then was killed anyway. But as he's raised to life, he comes to his disciples and says, okay, now follow me. This is what I'm most excited about about Easter. Jesus doesn't say, okay, here's a rule book, guys. Go and carry it, and if you don't do it right, I'm going to come and shame you. No. Look at this. This is John 3, 16. You might have seen it as a football game. For God so loved the world, he loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish the road doesn't end. The car doesn't die. So everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world. Jesus doesn't go around after winning, after beating death and saying, see, you're doing it all wrong. If you would have just done it like me, you would have no suffering. No. He enters in. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who doesn't believe has already been judged for not believing. Our roads and our destiny are there. Unless we follow him and he opens up a whole new road. And the judgment's based on this fact that God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than light. Sometimes it's just easier to live in our tragedy because there's some lie that says we can control it. I want to tell you that you can't. You were never in control in the first place. So let me just tell you, release everything to Jesus today. And let it be today. Because he wants to set you free. He wants to bring you life that you can't create on your, by your own. He wants to give you a path that's actually exciting and life-giving and purposeful. And goodness knows, you're probably going to crash into people along the way. But at least... Do it while you're a part of God's plan instead of your own selfish one. Jesus gives himself. It's like having this road to go, but instead of him just giving us a GPS that gets old, he sits in the car with us. And he says, no, this way. No, this way. And then when we get tired, he fills us up. And then he says, oh, hey, there's this adventure here. Come with me. He's so excited to be with us. Colossians 2 says this. This is a, a letter written to a church by a guy named Paul who was interrupted along the road. Jesus appeared to him, and he got so excited, he started to tell everybody. 
And finally, he started writing to churches. And in this one, he says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, with high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking, from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. You are complete through your union with Christ, who is head over every ruler and authority. You were dead. And if you're, you're here and you didn't realize that you were dead, you were. It was going to come to an end. You were dead because of your sins, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. But then, those who believe in Jesus, those who trust him, God made alive with Christ and forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us, took it all away, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities, and he shamed them. He said, I've got something better, and you have no idea what's coming. You may have come this morning feeling just a little bit lost, or maybe just a little hungry for the next thing, and you didn't even realize that that hunger, that insatiable hunger, was lostness. Even, you know, you're wanting just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is just a little sign that this kind of hunger is never going to end. And the only person that can save you from it, that can take care of every need, especially the ones that are so deep that you don't even want to look at, the only one that can take care of that is Jesus. I'll finish just with this quote. If you've read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you may have heard of an author named C.S. Lewis, and he writes this. God made us, invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol, and it wouldn't run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the right fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it's just no good asking God to make us happy on our own without bothering about religion. God can't give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it doesn't exist. It's not there. So would you stand with me this morning? And those of you who are wanting more this morning, we're having prayer teams for you right now. And Destiny and her team, they're going to lead in a song that will give you space to be able to respond. Maybe it was to one of the words this morning, or maybe it's knowing that you need something else to feed you, and you don't even know how to receive it. Just start making your way to these teams. They're over here in the corner. They're waiting for you. Nobody's looking at you. You're not that important. But Jesus wants to do something in your life that's so powerful. He wants to clear the deck of every burden that you're carrying this morning. And he wants to give you a new life that only he can give. You are made to run on him. You are made to run on all the stuff you're carrying with you this morning. You're made to run on him. There's a couple people here, and I just want them to raise their hands. Shannon, you're getting baptized next week. Shannon has said, my faith is different now than when I was a kid, and I want to give my whole life to Jesus. Thundar, yes, that's his real name. Thundar is getting baptized next week. He's in the back. These are people that have said, I want my whole life to die 
so that I can be raised to life in Jesus. And it's just going to be out on this patio next week. We're going to have a fun time. And so I want you to come back and see that. But maybe today, if you're saying, I want that too, make sure you tell a prayer team this morning. They're ready to receive you right now. Come, let them pray for you. I'm going to say a quick prayer and we'll sing one last song. Lord Jesus Christ. And for those of you who need to pray with me right now, Lord, I want to come back to you. I want to come back to you, Jesus. Or... Lord, the faith that I've been living with or maybe the absence of faith I've been living with, it's not enough. I know it's not enough. So Lord Jesus, would you come and fill me? Forgive me for all the other ways I was going. Forgive me for thinking I had it all together. I want to follow you completely. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Lord, a fuel that will really let me drive. And give me eternal life. Give me the life that takes me from my tragedy into a triumph that's not just for me, but for the whole world. So I can serve the poor. So I can be a light in my workplace. So I can be someone who gives life instead of takes it away. Make me something so powerful and wonderful for this world because you're the only one who can, Lord. I follow you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, as the song is playing, come and receive prayer. And then once this song is done, I'll come back and dismiss us. is good to me. Jesus. 
doing is saying goodbye to people rightly. Robin, would you join me up here real quick? This day is not about you, but we this is your last Sunday here. We love our friends at Mission Vineyard that serve with the military that have actually had time and invested and your faith has actually grown as you've been here. And we've been so glad to be a part of your life. So uh, Lord, we pray for Robin as she gets to be transferred with the military and be closer with her husband instead of deployed apart. God, that you bless her marriage and bless her as she goes. God, everything that you've done in her faith as you've grown her, that you would seal and bless her, God. We thank you so much for the way, God, you lead so many to serve the way that you do and they sacrifice. Would you bless her, Lord? Bless her whole family, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And now would you receive this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that you would go out filled with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the fuel that really makes you run with a road that never ends, eternal life for you, and the blessing from Jesus that he's with you the whole way. Go in peace. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.